0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What the hell is up, everyone? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. I am your host. Elliot Clough. Today on the podcast, after yesterday's pod, where we got to sort of summarize what's been going on with Zion's lawsuit. I usually don't do a ton of stuff off the court with with the Pelicans, but figured this was some newsworthy stuff. It's been pretty crazy on Twitter, especially with this guy that we've got joining us today, Christopher Dotson of Forbes Sports and his very own podcast, Protect the Nest. This guy has been diving in headfirst into Zion's lawsuit, got several different sources as to, um, some information that's been going on between Zion and Gina Ford in the, in this case, Gina Ford, of course, representing prime sports and Zion and moving over to CAA, which will, uh, have Christopher, excuse me, you're going to hear me do this a lot on the podcast. So get used to it, but, um, excuse me, I mean, Dodson, uh, He'll summarize the case for us, let us know what's been going on. He's letting us know there's been a lot of misconceptions on this case in, in several different articles that Dotson has seen and that I have seen. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of really good information from Dotson on this podcast. So if you're curious at all about this lawsuit between Zion and Gina Ford, stick around. This is some great stuff. We got some really insider information here on today's podcast. So you don't want to miss this one. Once again, it's Christopher Dodson of Forbes Sports and Protect the Nest podcast. Take a listen. We are joined by Christopher Dotson of the Protect the Nest po- excuse me, Protect the Nest Podcast and Forbes Sports. How you doing today, Christopher slash Dotson? I know it says just Dotson on your Twitter. We'll see how it rolls for the rest of this, but how you doing today, man?
1: Oh man, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. You've been uh been kind of knocking out the big hitters or all the pelicans beat, you know, Preston Ellis, Chris Connor, the fellow Forbes contributor, Duncan Smith. Uh you pretty been you've been knocking it out with this podcast, man. I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, everybody calls me Dotson around the beat. My grandma calls me Dotson for the most part, unless I'm in trouble. It just—that's just, just kind of how it. I grew up with it.
0: There we go. We'll be calling you Dotson for the rest of the podcast then. So uh, we appreciate you listening too, and and you've been engaging with us on the podcast as well. We always love to give you credit when you uh, throw your opinion in on Twitter and. Um, it's been fun to interact with you so far. I'm really glad that you're on your podcast. For those of you who don't know, uh, well, first of all, you should go follow Dotson on Twitter. He's really in hammering, been hammering out the details of this case between Zion and Gina Ford. If you didn't know, that's what we're talking about today. Did a little synopsis of it yesterday, but Dotson and I are going to be diving in headfirst today, get you some details on the situation with Zion and Gina Ford. Um, we're very excited because Dotson is in the thick of it. To say the least. So, Dotson, I tried to give us a little bit of a summary yesterday on the podcast. Obviously, with your legal experience and your sports experience, you're the man to talk to about this stuff. Could you give us a quick synopsis? Um, I, I did my best, but you're the man that I trust in this situation. Give us a quick summarization of what's been going on between Zion and Gina Ford.
1: Well. It comes out, you know, Zion's going to leave Duke, so he's going to be looking for a representat- representative. Gina Ford earns his his signature. He signed the contract. There's, You can find it on Twitter, on my account, uh, Michael McCann's account. I believe The Athletic has a few people that run the uh, actual screenshots of the document that, that Zion signed. And that's what really started the whole thing. Uh, a few weeks later, he signs with the CAA to basically, essentially take Gina Ford's job and try and cut her out because of a technicality in the contract they originally signed. That's kind of what spurred the lawsuit. In a sense, uh, Gina Ford did approach CAA for like a mediation before any lawsuits were, were filed. As soon as she approached for a mediation, Zion filed suit in North Carolina, Gina Ford filed her suit in Florida, And now you have a jurisdictional battle uh, where both parties want to dismiss the other party's lawsuit and, you know, fight the court case in their home state, which is a legal wrangling that was to be expected. And since that legal wrangling has started, more and more people have started paying attention to, to, you know, to the case. It has a lot of it has a lot of offshoots on it. There's, you know, the new the new questions of. Would Zion admit that he took impermissible benefits, which obviously will be challenged in court? He won't have to answer questions right away. But there's, there's a few misconceptions just on what that means uh, that I've seen in other, you know, just, just out there on just clickbait headlines, maybe uh, message boards, people tweeting out questions. There's a few people that have started following and asking questions every time something happens. And they broke the news to me a couple of times that it happened. Then you have to dig deeper into the story and see why it happened. And and the ruckus is you know, it's starting to get louder and the ultimate end to it is more players are going to choose this G League route and the lawyers are going to get paid. That that's the brief synopsis. At the end of it, the G League is a better option. Lawyers get paid. And we really don't know what's going to happen to to solve this issue for Zion, to make it go away. Would it be a settlement? Would it go to trial or would he ultimately just win in the motion battle to where all of the lawsuits were dismissed? That's his best case scenario. Yeah, sorry I went a little long on that, but that, that that's that's to wrap it up from beginning to end. And now the middle, the meat of the sandwich is, is where we have fun with the rest of the podcast, trying to explain whatever little move meant. Because there's you know, there's a lot of uh, I guess ulterior battles being fought.
0: Right. Right, there's 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 so much, so many moving parts going on with with what's going on in this deal. Before we get started, I haven't read exactly into it. I haven't seen a whole lot, but do we know why Zion made the shift from Prime Sport signing with Gina Ford and and going to CAA? Was it strictly because of the technicality? Was it because of of reputation between the two sport between the two sporting agencies? Was it because of Anything else that I'm just not addressing? Here. That
1: could do uh, be a great deal of it. You know, Gina Ford has very little, I guess, impact. If you try and Google her, you find the LinkedIn account and a few other things. You know, mostly you find links to lawsuit articles uh, involving Zion Williamson at this point. Uh, CA is a huge name. Maybe you know they made a better pitch, and then part of that pitch was we will pay to get you out of this other contract, and. Zion went with it not either maybe he knew or maybe he didn't know what kind of you know legal battle lie ahead if he made that decision, but that was also his decision to make the same as it was for him to sign the, the, the first contract with Gina Ford. From what I read, it appeared that Gina Ford may have
0: done I mean initiated some pressure on Zion and his camp to sign and to sign quickly. Did that have something to do with it as well, do you believe?
1: Well, some of, to my knowledge, they are alleging that, you know, Gina Ford met with Zion or and or his parents before they signed multiple times. Do we know if there was pressure in those, you know, conversations or any pressure applied after this alleged wire transfer, you know, at least $100,000? Nobody can really know unless you were in that conversation. That's something you just really can't speculate on, but – Of course, there was pressure on Zion to sign with someone since he's been in, what, sixth grade, seventh grade, to sign with a Nike team or Adidas-sponsored AAU team. Uh, The pressure was going to be there no matter what. That I think we've all seen Jerry Maguire at this point. There's pressure on these kids well before they're technically eligible to even hear the pitches. They they know what they're going into their one-and-done year. For football players, if they know they're leaving after their junior year, you know, even if they don't know, there's going to be you know agents pressuring them their junior year. There's talk of trying to get in with their sophomore year. That that's just the nature of the game at this point. And to admit otherwise is to me kind of foolish and kind of reckless.
0: Now, now that we've got the summarization, now that we've talked a little bit of the not so legal stuff, but but some choices that these players can make that Zion did make. What can and what do you believe Zion should do now that he's he's in this situation? He's been in this legal battle for over or, or almost a year now.
1: It's it's definitely over a year uh, or right out of year. But he should do, <laughs> I guess, the best lawyerly advice I can give on a podcast is listen to your lawyers. Uh, <laughs> but eventually I see it as take the settlement. These people won't at least a little bit of money, you made a bad choice, it's going to cost you. Sometimes a bad choice, you know, cost you 500 bucks and a, a sad night at Harris down on in, in the quarter in New Orleans. Sometimes it's a bad choice <laughs> after you sign a contract leaving college, knowing he had plenty of time to, to wait out any kind of endorsement deal. The endorsements are waiting. Uh, I think anybody could have signed Zion's rookie contract with the nba because that those are set numbers there there was no rush for him to sign any sort of deal he rushed into it for reasons only he knows so the best course of action for him is to listen to his lawyers listen to his heart remember why he got into it remember why he wants to get out of it and try to try and make the best decisions from here on forward with that because i mean he's got a long he's got a long career ahead of him you don't want to deal with this your whole rookie contract
0: yes exactly and either way you know it's a it's a tough situation for a 19 year old to be in and it's some of i think some of us really disregard the human factor in in these athletes' lives, and, and especially when it comes to this type of stuff. In in all reality, we we don't expect this to affect him on the basketball court, but, but he's a 19-year-old going through a situation like this, and this could be a lot of money out of his pocket, not necessarily in the long term, but at least right now.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. And look, Zion elected to stay home in the Carolinas to play ball for AAU, for high school, for you know college. He's not as used to the media environment that, you know, a kid from New York or L.A. like Lonzo or, say, Josh Hart, if we're going to just keep looking at Pelicans players. The Washington, D.C. metro area, high school hoops are very big. You know, there's pressure there. Villanova to win those championships, that was pressure, and he stuck out you know, all four years, so maybe he's more media savvy. And we're looking at it. You know, that's a different way of looking at it. But Zion is more of a better or less, you know, he wasn't raised in that pressure dom of a media market.
0: That's true. Now, now looking at, and you can answer this for Zion as well, but do you believe that Gina Ford and, and Prime Sports really have any legal ground to stand on in this situation? The, the article, a couple articles that I've read, it just appears, I mean... In some situations, it's in some articles, it appears that Zion has a clear edge. In some situations, it looks like it could be wishy-washy. It could go either way. What, what are your thoughts there?
1: Right. I put up an article a few weeks ago just on Gina Ford's response and the merits behind it. If somebody wants to go and read, the, I, I guess, maybe a deeper dive. But, yeah, she has at least merits in a, the Florida court's eyes because they haven't dismissed her lawsuit. The North Carolina courts have dismissed Zion Williamson's motion to, dis, you know, to, to, to I guess, get rid of Ford's. And they, they've kind of reached a stalemate. So there's merit in there somewhere. The judges wouldn't waste their time. Both judges right now are keeping the cases alive and in their jurisdictions. So both of them have seen something that merits hearing the cases further. There have been enough motions filed and a year passed that... If there was nothing behind it, federal courts and the Miami Circuit Courts, Miami-Dade County Circuit Court, just wouldn't want the media attention, the scrutiny, or you know the hassle of dealing with this, especially during a pandemic. So just looking on that face value that you know everybody can see, just in the timeline, there's there's merits just in that. And Gina Ford, if you have another question, jump in, but to elaborate on that gina ford was only looking to represent zion for endorsements if she didn't want to touch an nba contract or walk into an nba room and she just wanted to focus on mountain dew and things like that she may have standing that she didn't need the clause that everybody is saying gives zion the one up in, in in the legal battles
0: now going forward this this most recent request of hers uh asking for Zion to admit taking money from Duke, Nike, Adidas, uh, and whoever else. I believe those are the only three that, I, that I've seen anyway. Um, what's the purpose of that? What is she going for there in, in that situation?
1: Uh, there's a few things they'd be going for. First is just straight-out admissions, which won't happen. Definitely not immediately, not without you know Zion's lawyers filing an motion to strike those questions for relevancy purposes because – they're not relevant to why Ford is suing Zion for breach of contract that that is their first move for Zion's legal team is hey these questions aren't relevant we're never going to answer them the problem if if Zion does not answer these questions it might give you know the media room to you know make up their own story why is he not denying them outright why is he making motion, motions to stay quiet that's where you get into the dangerous media publicity battle and hurting Zion's, I guess, promotional and marketability. And that's they, they wouldn't risk all that if if Ford didn't have merit in her case. This could be Ford's attorneys just playing coy. It could be a fishing expedition. It could be their play for settlement talks. That there's plenty of reasons to put this out there early. On my in my calculations It's a miscalculation because they could have saved all of these questions for a deposition when it would have been a surprise attack that was on videotape and you would have got Zion's facial reactions. Instead, they put these questions out there and, you know, it, 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 it kind of gives Zion's legal team a heads up. It gives them a way to, say, try and object to any of the questions it, in later dates. It gives Zion time to prepare an answer. So it was a miscalculated move on their part. But there was multiple reasons they would have made it. Hey, Pelts fans,
0: we're taking a quick break here to remind you. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, rate, and review this podcast right here. You're gonna help us out a lot here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. We're trying to promote the podcast, trying to get more and more people to listen. And if you subscribe, rate, review here on Apple Podcasts, if that happens to be where you're listening, that's gonna help promote the podcast everywhere, everywhere on social media, on Apple Podcasts, and you can just follow or. Whatever else you do on Google Play or Stitcher, I know you can follow it on Spotify, but go ahead and hit that review button as well. Let us know what you're thinking of the podcast and to interact with us here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, make sure to go follow me. It's at Elliot Clough on Twitter, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. We're running polls. We're interacting with you as much as possible, sharing your opinions here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Is is this possibly an attempt just to ruin Zion's uh, chances at getting other endorsements if he, if he doesn't respond right away, if it makes him look bad, is it like, and and this appears to have little relevance to the case. If if he, if he doesn't admit to anything, if he stays quiet, do you think it could be just an attempt to make him look bad and and maybe get him to not receive as much money in the open market?
1: Yeah, there's been more than a few people that, have said this is just a move to embarrass everyone involved uh, to create maybe a salary cap on Zion's endorsement dollars and then make that a play into if he'd have just stuck with Gina Ford, he would have made more money, and therefore that ups their salary cap on maybe any settlement talks or what they would win in court. So, yeah, this is, it's, it's a play to embarrass everyone into, I guess, bend into their will. We'll mm-hmm. see if it works.
0: For all we know, Coach K, executives at Nike or Adidas could have very well uh, offered advice for him to sign the contract with CAA too, so she could be attacking not just Zion, but but those three major companies as well, and, and Duke the university.
1: Right, uh, there's plenty of Duke players that have signed with CAA. I mean, they're a huge, huge player in the game. CAA is probably the biggest player in the game, but. On the other hand, I don't think Coach Kay'll ever have to walk into court because of this. But Duke and the NCAA have twice now cleared Zion to play through investigations that they paid for and, you know, kept in house. We don't know what they said, but they cleared him. And, you know, if they feel comfortable enough, you know I like, maybe they just if, if I don't know what else to say behind that. They feel comfortable enough behind their investigations to say he was he was clear and now Zion is taking the legal stance that those investigations were you know clean
0: now if zion is ultimately somehow by some way of legal finagling required to admit or he does admit to to things like this uh, what what's the fallout what what happens is is duke then brought to uh, another investigation is this i mean this could be a domino in What could ultimately be a absolute earthquake in college basketball, because we've seen uh, programs like Georgia Tech get penalized for for paying players and stuff like that. And we almost act like there's no way that UCLA's or Kansas or North Carolina or Duke are doing anything like this. So this could really, really blow up.
1: Right. Uh, Zion could go in to, if he has to answer these questions, and he could still remain quiet. He he doesn't have to say a word. It wouldn't be taking the fifth, uh, but it would be admitting that the statements or or the questions the statements are asking for are true. However, it wouldn't opening up to uh, a perjury charge, which is way more serious than anything he's facing now. And if he has to go in and just admit to the questions they've asked, Just by staying silent, that's probably going to be the advice his lawyers give him. Is look, don't go in and start elaborating on a question because if you answer one question, they're going to find another question. And whatever your answer you give them, unless it's something you can outright deny and know they cannot prove. Other than that, you know, take the fallout from your college career being wiped from the books, but you're not exposed to a perjury charge. Again, it's going to be challenging if they have to challenge it. all the way out through the appeals process, he will not have to answer these questions for probably another year. That, okay. that, that's, well, the time, that's the time. That's the timeline we're, we're looking at. If we really want to get to these questions, there will be motions in both states asking for these admissions to be made. Zion will appeal that process. Uh, if he wins those appeals, Ford will appeal that process. And if he didn't win, you're still looking at the better part of a year to fight out all those motions.
0: That's a long deal. We've already been in this, like you said, about a year. That's a long, long situation for uh, for a young guy to be going through. And, and obviously legal things tend to play out like this. But the thing about where we're at right now is if he does admit to something like this, I don't know that it would necessarily uh, hurt his image, his, his, his uh, brand, in that the NCAA is now allowing players to uh, own their name and likeness. Uh, do you think that this will really hurt his image going forward, his reputation, if if he does, if he is required to um, admit to these things, if he does admit to these things?
1: It won't hurt his image much. I mean, he's still the most charismatic person to walk the halls of the Smoothie King Center, uh, and he's the 19-year-old center of everybody's attention, and it, it doesn't bother him at all. He, that's a good thing to see. Is over a year, I don't think he's really paid attention to. The lawsuit as much. He knows the damage is done and the lawyers are going to wrangle it out. He's going to play basketball. And while the headlines may say $100 million, it's not going to cost him that much. So he still just gets to play ball for a living, be a kid for at least another year or two. Then he'll be of legal age to walk down Bourbon Street. He'll have championship expectations on his shoulders three years into the league. So, uh it's not going to hurt his image. I don't see it hurting his character or how he 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 looks at the business side of the game. It's just a learning experience at this point. is is the impression I get just from talking and being around and and you know that sort of just just that sort of I guess experience engagement.
0: And I haven't been in the locker room like you have, but I mean, it's well known that Zion is a good kid with a good head on his shoulders. And he's just very grateful for where he's at. Um, And I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Ultimately, This is going to be, it won't necessarily blow over, but, but it'll be fine. Like he will be okay by the end of all of this. He won't be financially destroyed. His reputation will be intact and ultimately he'll be able to move on and do what he's been doing. And that's just play basketball and not necessarily outside of the Pelicans market. Uh, this hasn't been a nationwide headline and for good reason. He's, he's really just letting their lawyer, the lawyers do their job and he's playing basketball.
1: Uh, One thing is, if he does stay quiet, to jump back to if this ever gets down to him having to admit all of this, if any of it's true, it negates the UAA Uniform Athlete uh, Agency Act, because he would have given up his eligibility by breaking the laws, breaking the rules, and once you're ineligible, that clause is no longer needed. So, going back to Gina Ford's lawyer's comments Mm. about, you know, they have their ideas they've got a few little leads and then she says they didn't give impermissible benefits it doesn't matter who gave them if he created an eligible situation for himself ford has that much merit to, much more merit to her case
0: all right now we have talked a little bit outside of the podcast um just on twitter and, and before we started today You had mentioned there's some real misconceptions out there. It's like people read one or two separate articles and then tried to throw something together themselves, and and there's some inaccurate information. Uh, Can can you shed some light on that for us?
1: Yeah, I think we've done that in some of the other questions, just on how the cases could be dismissed. Uh, Both parties have filed motions in the other states trying to get the other. They're they're playing the same game. They're both filing the same motions, just in different situations. In one case, Zion is the defendant. In the other case, you know he's he's initiate, initiating the, the lawsuit. So right now, it's just a chess match, and they're doing the same things back and forth. This newest, I guess, uh, motion by Gina Ford's lawyers for the admissions is the first, I guess, venture outside the lines. They stopped painting outside the lines. That's why it's more interesting. It's got the Duke... Connection. It's got you know maybe a little scandal, kind of like the scheme, you know, which was uh, a very interesting documentary on how players are really recruited to the colleges. And just just by looking at those sorts of headlines, you would think this is bigger than it is. When really it's just a breach of contract argument, and everything outside of that is just going to be push a a push for settlement talks or a media war. It's not really going to matter to the courts most of the most of the admissions are going to be irrelevant uh if you if you've told 10 lawyers they would probably all say they would strike for irrelevancy and that seems to be the case going back through old case law
0: now before we close did you have anything else that that we haven't addressed that you think is is of vital importance uh to this case to to zion's future um his his not necessarily his eligibility because it's I'd be shocked if he, there was any sort of suspension leveled uh, by the NBA. Uh, did you have any other thoughts that you'd want to throw out there? Um, any any pieces of, of um, tidbits of information that Pelicans fans could benefit from in, in terms of learning about this case?
1: Yeah, if we wanted to look at just the Pelicans argument, they don't have much to worry about. I've talked to like three, four different sources that work for the Pelicans that either barely know much about the case, say it's a shame, would be one quote, but we're not really worried about it. Another that, you know, hey, it's back in the past and it's not going to affect his professional career. So it's, it's not really a big deal in the locker room, outside the locker room, in the front office. No one, to my knowledge, that works for the Pelicans is worried about Zion getting too damaged by the legal process financially worried about it being a distraction, That that's never been the case. So some of, some of what I got on Twitter, y'all can calm down, it's, it's not going to destroy the team. This isn't going to become a toxic situation where half of the people are asking about the game and half of the people are asking about off-the-court battles. I don't see that ever being the case. I don't see the media ever going to the locker room again because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but just in general. The lawsuit's going to be a, of big interest to legal minds. People looking at endorsement contracts, new ways to run player agencies and player management. There's a lot of new things that are going to come out of this case on on that end, on how you can represent a player, how how many different people can go out a player's contract without you know him just having one person that can go through it. Those sorts of things are going to be very interesting as far as on the court battles. This this lawsuit. Hopefully, is gone in three years and nobody ever remembers it again. On the court.
0: There you have it, everyone. Christopher Dodson of Forbes Sports and the Protect the Nest podcast. Before we let you go, Christopher, we gotta sorry, Dodson, we gotta we gotta let them know, let fans know everywhere how they can check out your coverage of this case, your coverage of the Pelicans in general. Where can they find that on Twitter, uh, on uh, any podcasting platforms, etc.
1: Yeah, we got the Protecting Nest podcast, which was a live and local podcast. And now during the pandemic, you can't do live and local. So we're on a hiatus, but we're going to come back better than ever talking to local college coaches, local high school coaches, trainers. A few old NBA pros are lined up. We hope to get that rebooted real soon. Follow me on Twitter, doing Dodson. You can follow all my articles and check out the archive on Forbes. It goes back a year with the case, looking from both angles, the Gina Ford angle and the new straightforward uh, way that Zion's gonna beat these new motions against him. So if y'all can just check me out there, I appreciate the love. I'm just trying to keep people informed, so they don't get, you know, don't get led astray. Protect the nest.
0: There, there you go. There you have it. So Dodson Christopher Dodson joining us today on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Thanks so much, Christopher slash Dodson. Have a good one, man. There you have it, Pels fans. Awesome conversation between myself and Christopher Dodson of the Protect the Nest podcast and Forbes Sports. You heard it there. If you want to check out any of Dodson's work on Zion's most recent case, you can check out his Twitter. It is doing it, Dodson, doing it. Dodson, You can check that out on Twitter. There's a bunch of links as to the stuff that he's written, the stuff that he is covering right now. And I will be tweeting out this link today. So if you saw it on there, you can just head over to that handle. I tagged him in that tweet so you can check it out. There and while you're there on Twitter, go follow me. It's at Elliot Clough E L I O T C L O U G H. You're going to be getting a ton of Pelicans content there. I'll be letting you know what we talk about on this podcast, and of course, tweeting out polls and other information that way you, the listener, can engage with us on Twitter. So head over there, check it out. It's at Elliot Clough E L I O T C L O U G H, and of course, you can just hashtag what the Pel is up. And while you're here listening, if you are on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a rate and review. Do it! The more you do that, the better quality content we are going to be getting you, awesome guests. Um, It really just helps push the podcast a significant amount. So we would really, really appreciate it. And if you are listening on Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, any other podcasting platform, just hit follow, subscribe, whatever. You're going to be helping out the podcast one way or another. That way, you will be getting you'll be getting reminders that we have a new podcast up as well. And while you are on your phone or your computer, go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Right here. And you can check out some more Pelicans coverage on Hoops Habit. Fan side is Hoops Habit page or of course SB Nation's The Bird Rights. Writing for both of those websites as of right now and very happy to be part of both of those teams. So, Pels fans, do not forget to check out that Twitter. It's E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And of course, you can hashtag what the Pel is up if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns that you'd like to be voiced on this podcast. So I am Elliot Clough, and this was Leaf.